Can you hear me now? Maybe? Can you guys hear me? Anything? No? Is it there? Yeah? Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Good, man. I get to stand behind the speakers, and I can't hear what you are hearing, so for me, it just sounds like I'm standing in a bubble and talking to myself, which uh, makes this whole thing interesting. Well, welcome. Uh, good morning. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're all here. Welcome to NCCF. It's a good day to be gathered together as a church, and uh, happy, uh, merry, belated Christmas. Hopefully you all had a wonderful Christmas celebration. Was Christmas good for everybody this year? Yeah, yep. I'm glad we're on the other side of it, though. There's a lot of chaos that leads up to Christmas. I don't know if you feel the holiday stress. But it's done now. We made it successfully. Congratulations. We can all give ourselves a pat on the back. We made it through Christmas this year. So, uh, and Happy New Year. It's the first Sunday of 2022. So we can all be looking forward to writing the date wrong for the next three months. And uh, that'll, be, that'll be really good. That's the best part of the new year is figuring out what, what year we're actually in. So, uh, But yeah, hopefully you all had a wonderful Christmas and are having a good new year so far. Um, I want to start by saying this morning... Uh, just echoing, actually, what Pastor Steve said while he was up here, and that, that we're glad. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're here, and we're glad that you're a part of our church family here at NCCF. We're thankful for each and every one of you, and, uh, and, and, and happy that we get to celebrate what it means to know Jesus with all of you. So thanks for being here. Uh, this morning, uh, we are going to be tackling part one of a two-part series that we are calling Into the Unknown. And some of you may be asking yourselves uh, what that means. And I am here to tell you all that I have no idea. That's why it's unknown. Don't have any clue. Um, You see, there's this reality that exists for us today that as we look forward, right, and we begin to look to the future, there's always the big question mark that lies before us, right? The question mark that marks the sort of uncertainty of the future, as we move forward into it, or how we navigate those things, that big question mark kind of lies in front of us. And that's true for us as individuals. It's also true for us as the church. We just don't know what the future holds. We can't honestly answer that question with real clarity. But what we can do is we can look to what we do know. We can look to the things that we're already aware of in order to give us clarity as we move into the unknown of what God is doing through us and in front of us. So this morning, I'm going to be speaking a bit about the map. Okay, I'm going to say the map. And I'm going to be regularly referring to the map because the map is really, really important. And uh, if you were to, like, leave the church today and go hop in your cars to leave on some great, grand adventure, what's probably the single most important tool that you would want to take with you? A map. Yes. Yeah, that would be good. Um, I mean, you could guess, but good luck. Uh, You see, in in our day and age, we're actually spoiled, right? We've got smartphones and GPS trackers built in, and all of us are, you know, kind of wired into the technology that we live in. But I I remember very clearly and distinctly as a kid, there was a couple family adventures that we went on, and the big roadmap came out, right? I don't know if any of you experienced this, probably, I hope, but... uh, the, the road map that was not just a road map, but it was like mom had the road map on the dashboard and was also like elbowing dad trying to get the thing folded out while we're driving down the road. Yeah, we're spoiled today. We don't have to deal with that as much as we used to. But maps are important. 
Maps are really important, especially when you're trying to figure out where it is that you want to go. And the map that we're referring to today is a map that I just like to call today. That's what I'm going to call it. You see, on this map exists the current landscapes that we are living in as the church, in society, and as a nation. It's life as we know it. This map has all of its hills and all of its valleys, all of its plains and rivers. But also on this map, we'll find some helpful tools to lead us in the right direction to the appropriate destination that we're all striving towards. And here's something I just want to say, and I want to say this and get it out of the way first thing straight away. The truth is, church, we've had this map for a long time. And we've gotten pretty mixed up on how we use it. You see, our destinations have changed. We've hit some unexpected roadblocks along the way. And there are too many of us trying to say that we know best how to read the map and that 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 in turn is getting us all jumbled up on how we got here and where we're supposed to be going and how we get to the next leg of our journey. And I don't know if you've ever experienced what happens when one person is reading the map upside down, but it usually doesn't end very well for anybody else. Or when you have somebody who believes that they know where they're going, right? The person who's like, I don't, listen, I got this figured out. Uh, which ends up being totally wrong because for some reason they like looked at the map one time and misread a town name or something and you ended up going in the wrong direction. You see, the point of all of this is if we are ever going to be able to figure out how to get to where we are going or how to be confident in what lies ahead of us, we have to get the basics down first. We have to understand the map that we are on, and we have to understand this great map that we've been given. And it starts with us as individuals, and it becomes us as the church. Church, if we ever want to be able to trust God with our future, we have to get right the things that are right here in front of us right now. So as we jump in, let me go ahead and just do this. Would you pray with me as we start this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the time that we have to gather here this morning, Lord. We thank you for the church. And Lord, I just pray and ask this morning that you would speak to our hearts in a new and, and mighty way. God, that you would stir up in each of us something uh, that we need to take home from this. And that, Lord, you would cause us to be the church that you desire for us to be. Teach us how to trust you with our future as we move forward. Lord, we thank you for who we are. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, over the, over the course of history, the church has always had a destination. Right? We're all gathered here this morning as a church and online and, and wherever, however we're gathering... Right, We all have this unity of mind that says we know the goal uh, that we are all reaching for, which is what? Anybody? Heaven, eternal life. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of you guys. See, if you're sitting here today and you didn't know that giving your life to Jesus and surrendering to his care and his commands means that you would have the opportunity to experience eternal life in paradise, then I'm sorry you missed the memo. But great news, um, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus paid the penalty for all of our sins. It's a wonderful thing. 
And because of this, Jesus paying our penalties, right? It's because of that that when we choose to follow him and when we surrender our lives over to his care and to his commands, then we get to go to heaven for eternity. That's a big deal. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And it actually sounds really good compared to much of what we have to deal, through, deal, deal with and go through here uh, in this life that we live in. So if you didn't know that, there you go. That was a freebie. I'll give you that one today. John 3.16 says it like this, and I love it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Because we've accepted the gift of life offered to us. Or maybe because we're looking and searching for the gift of life. And now we are on mission until Jesus comes back or calls us all home. You see, and it's because of people. It's because of the church who followed the map, who went before us and have have helped us understand how we have gotten here and why it is that we are here today. And unfortunately, along the way, some of those finer details uh, got mixed up somehow. And I think we've missed a few turns kind of along the way somewhere. Somehow, many of us have grown really accustomed to a shift that has taken place in which all of a sudden the church has become the destination rather than the means by which we actually reach the destination. You see, the church is the vehicle. The church is the method of transportation that God has given to us in order to make it safely from place to place along our journey. My friend and pastor, Steve Fish, shared with me an illustration that really drives this home for us, and I think it's really fitting, so I want to share it with you. You see, the difference between a powerboat owner and a sailboat owner is this. A powerboat owner uses his, sail, or uses his boat to reach a destination. Uh, while for the sailboat owner, the boat is the destination. The truth is, the church, the church God gave us, was intended to be an awesome powerboat. And somehow we have turned the church into a sailboat. It has become very clear that, especially in recent years, that many within Christianity see the church as this arrival point. Like once we've made it to the church, we have all of a sudden arrived and and that's just good enough. But is it? Is it good enough? Is this as good as it gets or are we missing something? As As I already mentioned, God has given us some really awesome tools on this map that we are currently on to help us figure out how to navigate and how to walk once we have made a decision to walk with him. And uh, there are a few things that apply in a couple different categories and a couple different areas that I'm going to be talking about this morning, and I want to share them with you. And uh, they may seem really simple, but I think they're really, really important, and I like to remind all of us of the importance of the simple things. (laughs) The first category for each of us as individuals is this. I want to remind you today that we are all members. We are all members. If you've given your life to Jesus and you're sitting here today, you are a member. That's right. You are a part of the church. 
1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 19 says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Uh, If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Right? We are all members of the same body and as such are responsible for the role in which we function. Let me say that again. We are all members of the same body and as such, each of us is responsible for the role in which we function. You see, God has gifted each of us and called each of us to be a part of his body, his church. But in order for the body to function properly, all of its members need to be functioning properly. It's really hard when you've got a bunch of parts that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. We see what happens in real life when that happens. It's really difficult. You see, if we as followers of Jesus are not doing the things that we need to do in order to draw closer to Jesus and to lean into his will for us and his commandments for our lives, then how can we expect to function properly when we gather together as the body? So what are those things that we should be doing? Well, thankfully, there are some tools on this map, as I mentioned, and they've been laid out for us. And the first, the first tool is the word. You guys are like, yeah, we know. Listen, the first tool is the word. The word is our compass that God has given to us to help us navigate and to know confidently that we are headed in the right and most true direction. The word. Matthew 4, 4. And these are Jesus' words, right? This is what Jesus had to say here. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Are you being fed today? Are you eating today? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The word covers all aspects of life. You see, the best way for us to remain healthy and steadfast and clear in the journey that we are on together in this life, in our walk with Jesus, is to be grounded and rooted in the word of God. We have to be. You see, just as a, as a compass always points which direction? North? Right? It always points north to give us clear direction so that we know which way we're headed and which way we're facing. God's word itself is inerrant and, and, and will always give us the direction, clear direction, by which we can travel so that we know which way we should be facing. You see, the clearly defined text reveals to all of us uh, that what we should adhere to and what we need to understand about what it means to know Jesus and to follow Jesus and to ultimately be equipped as followers of Jesus for the journey that we are on in this life. You see, those who came before were given really clear direction from God. And his words were breathed out into them and into the scriptures. And they inspired all of the teaching that exists within it. That's a powerful tool. 
You see, if we are following Jesus, or say we are following Jesus, but we aren't listening to His Word, and we aren't understanding, and we aren't learning, and we aren't leaning into His Word, then it's really, really stinking hard to figure out whether or not we're going the right way. Think about it like this. If Pastor Tyler showed up, Pastor Tyler shows up to go on the journey with everybody, right? And you guys are waiting. Oh, Pastor Tyler shows up, and I'm like, I'm like, listen, listen, here's the deal. Look, I don't know why you're worried about the compass. I've never used a compass before in my life. I've never been lost. Don't worry about it, right? I got this figured out. I know which direction we need to go. You're like, well, we've got a compass right here. No, no, no. I'm not worried about the compass. Forget the compass. I, I got this figured out. If that wouldn't be concerning to you, I, I don't know what would. I'd be concerned. I'd be running the other direction. I'd be like, we need, to get, we need to get out of here. Right? Well, here's the deal. If all of us show up saying that we haven't actually looked at the compass, we haven't actually looked at what has been prepared before us, and then we stand there arguing about what we think is right and what direction we think we should be going, then it will just eventually lead us to a place where we're all so angry and frustrated and fractured that it feels much easier to just say, you know what, forget it, I disagree, so I'm going to walk away. Each of us, each of us, every single one of us, has a duty to be prepared when we show up for the journey. Each of us has a duty to be prepared when we show up to the team meeting before we ever take off to make sure that we're all on the same page. You see, if we aren't doing just that, then we aren't doing the very thing that makes us an effective member of the body of Christ. And those effective members are really, really important because the truth is in this life there are pitfalls and difficult things and roadblocks and stuff. And we need people who know which direction to go. Church, we've been given God's word. That's huge. And contained within it is everything that we need in order to be successful in the journey that we are on together. Without it, we're all bound up to, bound to end up going all different directions and getting all confused about where the heck it is that we're going. Like I said, it's hard to know where you're going if you're like, ah, forget that compass. I'm a guess. It's this direction. Well, moving on, the second um, as equally important, if not, you know, more important tool that we have is prayer. You see, prayer is an amazing tool because it works in tandem with the compass that God has already given us. Prayer works in tandem with God's word. You see, prayer affirms God's desire for us as, as his people, which, which has been spoken through his word and into his people since the very beginning of creation. You see, we have been blessed with the privilege and the opportunity to be able to speak to and to hear from the one who created and the one who leads us to the destination of eternity. That's a pretty cool deal. It's almost like a cheat code, right? There's a reason why we say there is power in prayer because, folks, there is power in prayer. James 5, 13 through 18 says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him what? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. 
Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And I love this. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. God, through his son Jesus, has given us the ability to lift our hearts and our prayers to him in all of our times of need in this life. Wow, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. You see, if we continue to move along this path of life, working in our own strength and working in our own ability and trying to just figure it all out ourselves and never reaching out to the one who goes before us, then surely, surely along the way we will become distraught and lost and will be frequently trying to give up when hardship and difficulty arises. You see, the landscape in front of us, the big question mark, the thing that we're looking to, uh, the landscape in front of us changes. And instead of being prepared by looking at the map and utilizing our compass and calling out to the Lord, we're, we are confronted with our own shortfalls and our own difficulties. And then all of a sudden this realization that we just, we just can't do this by ourselves. And as soon as things get hard, we walk away rather than pressing into or leaning into God and giving our hearts over to his care and to his, to his love. You see, lifting up our prayers to God and listening for his leading and for his guidance is probably, like I said, the most powerful tool that we have in this life right next to God's written, revealed word to us. It's a pretty amazing thing. But again, here's something I know about tools. If the tool goes unused, right, then we're bound to be disappointed in the journey that we are on. What happens when you leave your tools out in the rain and they sit out there for months and months and months and months and months? They get rusty and crusty and man, if you don't be fighting with those things with the WD-40 and everything else trying to, once you figure out, oh man, that's right, that's where I left that tool sitting out there in the yard somewhere. If we don't use these tools then we are bound, bound, bound to be disappointed in the journey that we are on. Again, as I mentioned previously, Each of us, every single person who's here, every single person who sits in this room is responsible for our own participation in the role that God has given us in this life. Each of you. Which means that we have to work on ourselves and do the very basic, simple things so that we can best partner with each other to see the kingdom journey advance. But it means doing the things that we need to do in order to draw closer to what God has called us to do. It means utilizing the tools that God has placed in front of us in order to know which direction we are heading and and in order to have confidence because the support of God goes before us. Which brings me to my next category, and that's this. I want to tell you this if you haven't heard this before. I want to just remind you of this today. Uh, We belong to the same body. We are all members, but we belong to the same body. If you've been around the church before, 
Um, you've probably heard that before, and that's okay. This is a reminder. We are all a part of the same body. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, one, in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Not multiple, not your own interpretation, just one. We are all a part of the same body. We are the church, made up of many members with many roles and giftings and experiences. You see, and if this is our vehicle headed towards eternal life, right? If the church is our vehicle going in the right direction, then I'm glad to have so many people here in the vehicle with me going along the journey. It's good to be able to have these folks here with us being a part of it. You see, the more that we have in our ranks, the more giftings and talents and skills and everything that we have in our ranks who are on board and traveling on this journey with us, the easier it will be to find success and will help us move one leg of the journey further and further and further as we go. You see, we have those on our team who who are the type who have really kind hearts that can encourage those who become distraught or discouraged along the way on this journey. Right? And they're the ones who have empathy and compassion for those who are hurting. We have team members who are prepared to provide the daily needs for the team to keep us sustained all along the way. Those are, those are the helpers, the ones gifted for hospitality. We have team members who are gifted scouts that can take groups ahead to see the next leg of the journey. They are teachers. They are group leaders. They are disciple makers. You see, we have team members who are, who are heavy lifters, right? They share with a servant's heart to get the necessary things done every single day. They're the ones who make everything work the way it should. We have team members who are gifted listeners, right, and partitioners, the ones who are willing to look to the sky, and they navigate well with the help of God, right? They are our prayer warriors. They are our prayer people who go to God on all of our behalf. We have members who have the ability to see those who are in need, who are lost, who are hurting, who are broken along the way, and they can bring them into the fold to participate, to hop into the vehicle and become a part of the body. They are the outreachers, the evangelists. We have members on our team who are navigators, who share with the rest of the team the directions that we are all going. They are pastors, shepherds, who impart God's will and his wisdom and his word to his people. And we also have members on our team with deep experience, the ones who have been on this trail, who have gone before us, who, who helped pave the way to get us to this point where we're at on the map today, right? They're the ones with all of those gifts and all of those talents who have been on this journey for a while and have done all of the work of getting us this far, right? They built the walls that we gather in today. They even laid the tiles in our bathrooms, 
And every single last one of you, every single last one of you is important and necessary along this journey. Every single last one of you has something to offer and has been uniquely gifted by God for the work of his mission and his purpose. The church has been around for a long time, right? It's a vehicle that doesn't die, right? It just keeps on going. No matter how much human error we throw into the mix, the church thrives always. The church goes on. It's like this old Honda Civic that my dad had. That thing had over a half a million miles on it. I don't even know what happened to that car, but it never died. It just, somebody's driving it somewhere probably. But that's the kind of vehicle I want to be in. One that goes all the way to the end. You see, the truth is, God has ordained this vehicle and made it supernatural in ways that we can't comprehend as human beings, right? Because God is more powerful than us. We, we just can't always understand how God works. And therefore, it is trustworthy, right? It should be trustworthy to us. We should be able to trust in it uh, as long as we see it as exactly the way God intended it to be. Because let me say this again. The church is not the destination. You have not arrived. The church is simply just the vehicle. You see, if the church was the final stop, none of us would be sitting here today. Let me say that again. If the church was the final stop, none of us would be sitting here today. Because the church would have stopped a long time ago. The church should be moving forward. It should be moving along the map, heading towards the destination, not providing the stopping point for all of us to show up to as individuals. That's why we're here. Which makes me ask this question, what is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of the church? What are we doing in this vehicle? And that's a beautiful thing about God's word. It's the perfect compass. It points us in the right direction. In the same right direction every single time. Matthew chapter 28 says this. And if you've been around, you've heard this before. Let me say it again. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You see, the church functions in a lot of ways. We do a lot of things in this vehicle we've got. But all of those things should be pointing us back to our purpose along the way. Making disciples, teaching them the ways of God, and bringing them into the vehicle so we can have the greatest impact for God's mission and and journey here on this earth. That's the basics. That's the real basics. And we have learned ways to do that because of the examples of all of the people who came before us. We have learned different techniques for trying to do and accomplish all of those things because of those who have come before us. And there are people along this journey who are lost and broken. And there are people who don't know Jesus. And there are people who are missing the trip towards eternity. There are people who are not in the vehicle. And that's the whole duty of the church. You see, we as members who are here and who are a part of this journey, we have been given a purpose greater than ourselves. That's why the Great Commission is such a big deal. It's not just about us. 
So let me give you these last thoughts as we close. The first thing is this. God gave us the compass and the testimony of those who have traveled this map before us. Right? God, God has given us his word. That's a pretty big thing. Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is living and active. Not dead and asleep and going away. Living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word is alive. It's real. It's tangible. It's relevant. It's important. It's necessary. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Oh, if that's not an encouraging word. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let me get an amen on that one. Amen. You see, God's word is living and active. It's clear. It lights the path before us. It never fails, and it stands the test of time always. God's word is always true, and it will forever be true. Long after we've gone from this place, God's word is here. There is no better compass for us to travel by than the one that comes from God himself. And I think we miss this often, that, that God has imparted on us, the church, one of the most helpful and powerful tools in this life. It speaks to every facet of experience that we go through, and it can always be trusted to give us the clarity that we need in order to move and in order to know how it is that God desires for us to move forward. And it's not just for us, right? The compass isn't just for us. The compass is also for those who are lost outside of the walls so we can grab them and say, hey, look, we've got a compass. We can show you which direction we're supposed to go. God's word is our most powerful tool to point everyone along the way to Jesus. And that's why it's so necessary. The second thing is the church is our vehicle to travel safely and along the way. I just want to say this again. You see, if we recognize that the journey is not over when we walk through the doors of church on Sunday, but rather is just beginning as we work together towards the purpose and mission that God has given us, then we once again have the appropriate understanding of why we are the church. The church is the great big vehicle heading toward the wonderful eternal destination that is promised to us. We know which direction we're going. We, we know where our goal is leading us. We know the ultimate destination. And this is just a vehicle getting us all there. And there's plenty of room inside of this vehicle for us to pick up lots of people along the way. Because like I said, a lot of people kind of missed the bus at the station at the last stop. In the same way, we are all members of the body. There are those who are lost and there are lost members. And God desires to see those come into the fold and to be saved and to become a part of the team. You see, it is our mission and purpose to use the tools given to us to point to Jesus and lead as many as we can in the right direction towards the eternal promises that come from knowing Christ. Let me read again for you. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Reminder, that is our purpose. 
We have been blessed to have this map charted before us by those travelers who have paved the way. We are blessed to have many members and a vehicle and a compass to travel with. And if we can remember those things, those very basic things, the very simple equipping tools that we have to get us all on the same page, on the same leg of the journey, and not abandon those things that God has given us, then we can be prepared. We can be prepared as individuals and we can be prepared as the church when roadblocks show up or when we face difficulty or when we get to a place where we face something that's no longer on the map. So, with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege and opportunity to be called your church. Lord, we thank you that you've called each of us. And Lord, I do pray today, God, I pray that you would stir something in each of our hearts today, Lord, that that would cause us to desire to lean more heavily into you and your desire for us. God, that we would be willing to use the tools, use the giftings that you've equipped us with. Heavenly Father, that we would begin to discover our own personal role and gifting. And and, and God, that you would bring us uh, to a place where we are excited about bringing our giftings to the church. And then, Heavenly Father, I do just pray and ask. I pray that you would remind each of us of the purpose that we have all shared. God, that it's not just about us. We've given our lives to you. We've encountered you. And and those of us who know you, we know you. But there's lots that don't know you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us use the tools uh, that you've given us. and, And, God, that you would remind us of what it is that we are here for. And then, Lord, again, I thank you for each and every person who's gathered here today. Thank you for their hearts. Thank you for their lives. And, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to them this morning. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.